that there are lots of other things that are happening, and so if you have awesome things, funny videos, I don't know that anybody can really top Dave Eichhorn's dancing, uh, but if you have something that your family has been doing and you've got video or picture footage of it, we would love for you to send that in to us. Just email it to MaryNaz at MarysvilleNazarene.org, or if it's on Facebook, just tag the church in there, and uh, we just like to show some highlights and, uh, and have a little fun together. But we're glad that you're here to worship with us this morning, uh, and so I would invite you, wherever you're at, in your, in your uh, living room, on your couch, cozied up with your cup of coffee, which, by the way, I forgot my coffee this morning, so that's rough, uh, but I hope that you are uh, together with family and that you would join with us in worship and song. We're going to worship in some time of reflective prayer uh, and then through the word, and so would you pray with me, and then let's sing together. God, thank you so much for this day. Uh, thank you once again that we can come together uh, in a new sort of way, in a different sort of way, but God, we are thankful that we can still gather together and that no matter the situation or the circumstances, you are still good and we still worship you in all that we do. And so uh, would you help us to recognize your presence as we go through this worship service and as we honor and glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, let's sing. Standing on the promises of Christ my King Through eternal ages let his praises ring Glory in the highest I will shout and sing I'm standing on the promises of God Standing on the promises that cannot fail When the howling storms of doubt and fears assail By the living word of God I shall prevail I'm standing on the promises of God of Christ my Lord I'm bound to him eternally by love's strong cord overcoming daily with the spirit's sword I'm standing on the promises of God I'm standing 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 on the promises of God my Savior I'm standing standing promises that cannot fall. I'm listening every moment to the Spirit's call. Resting in my Savior as my all in all. I'm standing on the promises
of creation there at the start before the beginning of time with no point of reference you spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of
Blessed Son made himself known to his disciples in the breaking of bread. Open the eyes of our faith that we may behold him in all his redeeming work, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We're going to do just something a little bit different um, for prayer time. Um, just have a little bit of an extended time where we can um, hang on one second. I just want to say, um, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures for you, and we're just going to kind of have some time where we can pause and pray through these things. Um, so I just encourage you to just hear the, the scriptures that I'm going to read. They're super short. This is called, um, in this book, this is called One Anothering, because so many of the scriptures point to things that um, we do for other people, right? And it's, uh, I love that this says it's challenging when you realize that almost none of these commands can be fully obeyed in the traditional church gathering. So really now is the perfect time <laughs> to be doing these things and thinking about how are we actually living as the body of Christ um, during this time. So we're going to start with the first one and I'm just going to pause and I just, um, I just hope that you will just think about how you are um, tangibly carrying out what these commands are saying and how we're acting, um, interacting with one another. The first one is from John 13, 34. Love one another.
The next one is from Romans 12, 16. Live in harmony with one another. one is from Galatians 5.13. Serve one another. one is from Galatians 6 2. Carry each other's burdens. you to pray pray through is from Colossians 3.13. Forgive one another. this time in prayer. Heavenly Father, um, we want to be your church. We want to be the church that you have called us to be. Um, we know that that, we've known for a long time that that extends outside of the walls of, of this building that just a few of us are in right now. Um, in a sense, even though these circumstances are not what we would desire, um, what, what a fresh start it is to really think and assess who we want to be as the church. And uh, Lord, the cry of our heart is that we would be what you desire us to be, a people that loves one another and that loves the world, that is caring for the broken, forgiving each other, carrying each other's burdens, um, and serving one another. And God, I just pray that you would just move in our hearts to um, just kind of assess our lives and see where perhaps we are not um, fulfilling some of those commands and that you would just gently guide us to the things that would be more of a representation of your love for us to the world. Right now, God, I'd ask that you would just keep our hearts open to you as Pastor Mara and Pastor Paul come speak what you've laid on their heart. We love you, God, and we just want our lives to show that. Well, good morning, church. I hope that I never get used to coming in here and just seeing the empty sanctuary, not getting to see the kids every week. Um, but I am, I'm so happy that we can gather together even in this way. So we're starting a new month, which means a new series, but in the way that we're doing our series right now, we are still moving sequentially in the story. So we're coming to the end of Jesus's time here on earth 
And this month we're going to take a look at the beginning of the church, the early church. We're going to look at how um, they started to follow the commands that Jesus left for them and how we can still be part of that today. Now, ironically, our new series is also called Go, which I feel like a lot of us are feeling trapped. Like, we don't have anywhere to go. We don't have these places, these plans, these people that we usually see. And so even when we are kind of staying put, how do we still go and do what God has asked us to do? So today, to help me, I brought um, a glow stick with me. And it's pretty small. It's probably kind of hard to see. And um, the other thing that's not helping very much is that this glow stick isn't doing what it was supposed to do. This glow stick is not fulfilling its purpose because it's not glowing. Why do we love glow sticks? Because when you're out and it's dark and you see the people with all the glow sticks, like you are drawn to them. Thinking about the times my kids have seen there and they're like, we have to have glow sticks. How can we survive without a glow stick? So today we're talking about the Great Commission, this big mission that Jesus gave to his disciples But in it, he made it clear that it is for everyone. No one's left out. He promised to be with us to the very end of the age. And the age hasn't ended yet, so that means that he's still with us as we're doing it now. And his mission, he told us that we need to go and and make disciples. We need to baptize them, teach them to obey God. And right now, as we're feeling kind of stuck, I'll be honest, my question is, what does that look like? How do I go? How do I do those things even where I'm at right now? And so it's been helpful for me this week as I think back to some other um, commandments and some other things that Jesus told us during his time here on earth. He told us that we're supposed to love God and love others. Well, I can do that even from my house. You can do that from your house. You can do that with the people that you're with. We can do that through calls and texts. So we can love each other even when we have to kind of stay put. The kids this month are learning the memory verse, uh, Matthew 5.16, which is going to be familiar to many of you. It talks about letting our light shine before everybody so that they'll see our good deeds and it will ultimately it'll bring glory to God in heaven. So if we think about our lives being like a glow stick, if we're not glowing, we're not showing our light, we're not following those missions, those, those instructions we've been given, we aren't going to stick out very much. Nobody's going to notice that hope, that love, that joy that we have. But when we are, people are going to see what we have, and they're going to want it too. And so this is our chance to share, even from afar, the hope that we have. We can let our light shine and bring glory to God. So I love you guys. I'm praying for you this week. Pastor Paul is going to bring the rest of the message. Maura, I'm popping up. Can you hear me now? All right. It is just like Sunday morning, Uh, just like normal. It's it's the routine. Of course, we have different routines now, and uh, I I appreciate the Icorn's routines. I hope you guys appreciated watching Dave Icorn uh, cut the rug and paint his hair purple. And uh, I have different routines now, and 
Uh, the first four weeks of the quarantine, of the routine, I sat at my dining room table and worked from 7 to 7. And now I've switched that routine up significantly. I have moved to the kitchen table where I sit from 7 to 7 and, and just do different things. And, and so the routines, I, I, I don't know how anybody else is doing, but th this six weeks or eight weeks have played havoc on my feet. That's right, because I've not been wearing shoes. My feet were killing me. And so my new routine is house shoes. House shoes help a lot. Uh, but, but frankly, I'm, I'm tired. Uh, I'll just be honest. I'm tired of this routine. I'm tired of the quarantine routine. I, I wish we could move through it quickly and be done with it. I don't know how quickly we'll move through it. I, I was driving through McDonald's. I don't think I'm the only person that's tired of the quarantine routine. I was driving through McDonald's drive through on Friday, and those older guys that sit at McDonald's uh, in the mornings were sitting in lawn chairs by their car. That's right. They are already gathering at McDonald's again. I said something to Terry. I said, Terry, why couldn't they just do that at home? And she said, well, that's because their wives are at home. And so they are gathered once again in their lawn chairs at McDonald's. But routines have a habit of becoming ruts. And I've heard this comment before that, that ruts are simply graves with both ends kicked out. And, and COVID-19, if nothing else, is forcing us to re-examine our routines and our ruts, what's really essential in life. Do, do we really need to go to a restaurant and eat out every night? Of course, we don't want to go crazy here. We, we all understand that drive-through fast food is still essential, uh, but we really don't need to go out every night of the week. And so we're looking at some personal routines, but, but I think, as, as Amy alluded to, we're also looking at the routine of being Christian. It, it's possible to get into a rut in our Christian walk. It's possible to simply go through the motions with no thought of our Christian walk. It's forcing us to consider and think about what it means to be Christian. What does ordinary people following Jesus mean? Now, now, I've frankly been amazed by my church, you folks. Uh, you are resilient. You are creative. I, I am proud to be your pastor because I believe for the most part you are demonstrating what it means to be church. The, the church is not a building or a time. It's a people called to God's mission. And I truly believe that, that you are demonstrating that even in the midst of this crisis, even in the midst of this quarantine, you are still being the church. And I want to affirm you and let you know that as your pastor, and I think I speak for all the leaders, we are extremely proud of you. We are called to something extraordinary. God does not call us to a routine. God does not call us to a rut. But he calls us to join him on his extraordinary mission. And so the passage this week, for this week, gives us mission. Uh, Jesus has been crucified, he, he's been raised to life, and he's preparing to ascend to the Father. And it's in Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, 
they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, now this is a, a deep passage. And, and I'll be honest, I wish we could spend several weeks just in this passage. We have these big words of worship and doubt in the same sentence. We have this concept of all authority, this significant phrase at the end that I am with you always to the very end of the age. And in the midst of this passage is the Great Commission. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. We could spend weeks just in the Great Commission, let alone the passages and the verses that surround the Great Commission. Make disciples of all nations. It's interesting that Jesus says, make disciples of all nations. He, he doesn't say, go make people disciples, but he says, make disciples of all the nations. J Jesus is saying, listen, this has been a Jewish thing. You're disciples of, of, of mine, and you're Jewish, and you get it, but not every person in Israel will get it. You do. Th this is no longer a Jewish thing. All nations, every person is being invited to join the kingdom. Can, can we translate that for our day? We are called to invite others to the kingdom. The, the good news of the kingdom is it is for everyone, baptizing them. The, this inclusive ritual, it's, it's bringing people fully into the kingdom, teaching in the midst of this community, we're being formed into the image of Jesus Christ. It's the essence of the gospel. That the kingdom of God is at hand, and you can belong, you can believe, you can become. I'd love to spend more time here, but to me this morning, the emphasis is go. Go is significant. Neil Cole in Organic Church writes, The Great Commission says that we are to go into all the world, but we've turned the whole thing around and made it come to us and hear our message. Later he writes, and, and this, this is a convicting phrase to me because I tend to be more with Christian folks than anyone else. If you want to win this world to Christ, you're going to have to sit in the smoking section. That is where lost people are found. And if you, can, if you make them put their cigarette out to hear the message, they will be thinking about only one thing. When can I get another cigarette? In other words, God's calling us not just the people who culturally are the same as us, but people who are different. Craig Groeschel says, to reach people no one else is reaching, you will have to do things no one else is doing. Go is aggressive. 
It calls us to get out of our seats and out of our sanctuary and go into our neighborhoods and to our communities. But the better translation is not go and make disciples. Instead, the better translation is in your going, make disciples. In your going, baptize. In your going, teach. In your going. Think about that phrase just for a moment. How else would you phrase that? How about, as you go about your day, make disciples. In your ordinary life, make disciples. In the way you live your life, make disciples. See, God's mission includes the way we live our life day to day. And on our day-to-day life, we're called to bring others into the kingdom and to be a transforming influence on them. This is significant. When Jesus is saying, in your going, he's not exclusively talking about someone going to the mission field. It's not about exclusive mission trips or going door-to-door. These things may be great things. The power of the Great Commission is that it's meant to be lived out in our day-to-day life. What did Jesus not say? Jesus did not say, therefore, gather and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Can we go back to Cole's quote? The Great Commission says that we are to go into all the world but we've turned the whole thing around and made it come to us and hear our message. It's possible for mission to become a program, an event, a trip, a gathering, but we are to live mission. Nothing wrong with programs. I'm a planner. I like to plan programs, and we, I like to see programs executed. Nothing wrong with mission trips. Some of the greatest experiences I've had in my life have been on work and witness mission trips. I'm so proud of our missionaries that go overseas and share the good news. My daughter-in-law is a missionary's kid. There's nothing wrong with gatherings. We love, love, love being with you folks. All my staff does. We miss you. But when our gatherings become more important than our goings, we miss the power of God's mission. COVID-19 has changed something. We, we can't rely on big gatherings Even now, though, the the point is not this live stream service and the time we're spending together in these few moments. We we enjoy this. We believe this has real value. We believe that Jesus Christ is in the midst of this service, but it's an hour. There's 168 hours in a week. This live stream, honestly, will probably be a little bit less than an hour. We'll have Zoom prayer meetings that will be about 30 minutes. There will be a Zoom Bible study that will be about 30 minutes. We do a series discussion podcast that's about 30 minutes. 
where we do NAS chats and we have conversations. Those are about 30 minutes. Mara's resources are about 30 minutes a week. Josh has about 60 minutes of resources a week. That's significant. That's about four hours or so a week. That's 2% of the week. That the effectiveness of the mission grows exponentially when we see our goings as important as our gatherings. Practically, what's that mean? God wants our homes to be places of effective discipleship. We, we, we've been talking about this for months and months and months. That, 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 that power of discipleship will not happen in this building, but it will happen when you take the resources and we partner with you. And in your homes, your homes become places of the effective discipleship. The church does its part. We do all that we can. Josh and Mara do all that they can. We'll give you resources. We'll train you. We're in this together. But our goal is that our gatherings will never replace the goings and that our homes will become places of effective discipleship. God wants us to do life with others in a way that leads to our and others' transformations. This is more than being in a building together. More than an hour to a week. It's telephone calls. It's cards. When, when all this craziness is over, it's dinners and homes. It's barbecues. It's prayer times. It's coffees. It's walking through life together. And we're being reminded of the importance of relationship in the midst of this crisis. God wants us to be his representative wherever we find ourselves. In our goings, we're called to be his representative. I asked this question a few weeks ago, and I'll ask it again. What would happen if Jesus lived on your street? What if Jesus worked in your office? What if Jesus worked at your factory? What if Jesus went to your school. The truth is that God's desire is that his spirit live in you and that Jesus live in your home, that Jesus live in your neighborhood, that Jesus work in your office, that Jesus work in your factory, that Jesus goes to your school in our goings. God wants us to participate in his mission. So here's the invitation. God wants our routines to embody his mission. This is an invitation to leave the rut of life, to leave the routine of life, to join God on his extraordinary mission of transformation and his kingdom coming. The next few weeks as we move through these scriptures, I'll, I believe we'll see how this happens. See, we need his spirit. We need his power. We need his peace. And we need his people. Here's the invitation. Is God calling you to more? <laughs> not, a, not a call to, to go to Africa and live with a pagan tribe. If God's calling you to do it, do it. That's awesome. But what if God's calling you to be a missionary on your street? What, what if God is calling you to be a, be a missionary in your home, at your work, at your school? Let's pray together.
Our Heavenly Father, we believe that you have been present in our gathering. Thank you. But, but Lord, right now, we're, we're inviting you and you're, we're asking you to be present in our goings. That as we leave this hour or so time, that this will not be the end. But Lord, you will fill our lives with mission and purpose and value. And your kingdom will come, not just in some here and after time, but your kingdom will come in the here and now. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. God bless.